What does the recent transgender bill in Arkansas mean for the future of civil rights in America? How does the history of France and Muslim practices relate to today's recent legislative measure? Good morning and welcome to your weekly political briefing, a podcast discussing current political events in America and around the world. I'm Mylena Furman. And I'm Andrew Thompson. Today is Tuesday, April 13th. We know there are recent developments in the legislature of Arkansas. So what is going on in regards to these events? The Arkansas legislature voted to pass the nation's first law banning gender-affirming medical treatment for transgender minors last week on the 6th. Although Asa Hutchinson, the Republican governor of the state, vetoed the measure, legislators voted to override his veto. Specifically, the Senate vote was 28 to 5 and the House vote was 71 to 24. In both chambers, we witnessed pure partisan votes reflecting the divide on the issue. The law prohibits doctors from providing medical care, such as puberty blockers, hormone therapy, gender-affirming surgeries, and even recommending these treatments to minors. Republicans in at least 17 other states are attempting to pursue similar policies as well. Although Governor Hutchinson is a staunch conservative, he shocked civil rights advocates by opposing the bill. As he vetoed the measure, he said, quote, The bill is a vast government overreach. It will interfere with physicians and parents as they deal with some of the most complex and sensitive matters involving young people. Moreover, he cited how many medical groups oppose the bill. Since his opposition is major, there is a high chance a legal battle will result. According to Holly Dixon, the executive of the American Civil Liberties Union of Arkansas, the ACLU is vowed to challenge the ban. She said that, quote, we're in this fight for the long haul. This is not the first piece of legislation passed which regulates the activities of transgender minors. Days before the passage of the medical ban, the legislator banned transgender girls from competing in girl sports in school. Legislators also passed a bill allowing doctors to refuse treatment to a transgender individual on the grounds of the doctor's religious objections. Interestingly enough, Governor Hutchinson signed both of these proposals into law. The stakeholders and interest groups invested in these proposals are numerous. For example, the Family Council, a conservative group, has praised these proposals, while the American Academy of Pediatrics staunchly opposed them. Prior to this bill, Arkansas had a ban on minors receiving gender-affirming surgeries. In the state, an individual must be 18 to receive sexual reassignment surgery. Instead, guidelines recommended that minors receive puberty blockers, reversible treatments that pause puberty to give children time to consider if they want to transition or not. If they decide to take that path, they were recommended to take hormones to create more permanent changes to reflect their gender identity. A study from Harvard Medical School and the Fenway Institute supports these treatments. The study demonstrated how transgender youth were less depressed and anxious when they had access to these treatments. Moreover, there were lower suicide rates among these individuals. The fears of these risks have been demonstrated since the passage of the bill. A crowdfunding campaign by an Arkansas family has been released since they hoped to relocate to New Mexico for their transgender son. His parents said, quote, He has gone from being on the verge of suicide to excitement for his future. The legislator's actions will return him and his transgender peers to that brink of self-destruction. The interesting political history of Arkansas reflects its recent proposal because there have been numerous instances of discrimination in the past, especially against people of color. After rejoining the union, Arkansas politicians showed reluctance to accept minorities as part of their community. The state was infamous for discrimination and Jim Crow laws. Perhaps its most significant law was how the state only allowed white men to vote in primaries. The state's opposition to Supreme Court decisions escalated until the 1957 Little Rock Crisis. Nine African-American students attempted to join the Central High School of Little Rock, but the governor of the state refused to accept the decision in Brown v. Board. 
In order to integrate the students, the U.S. national government had to get involved. During Arkansas's political history, the Democrat Party was dominant. However, Arkansas Democrats were socially conservative. Democrats controlled the majority of the state's U.S. House and Senate seats until the 2010 midterms. Their loss of state control is attributed to the region's distaste for President Obama. However, Democrats continued to dominate state and local politics. For the first time since the end of the Reconstruction, Republicans gained complete control of the state in 2014 and have kept it since. Arkansas's conservative policies also enable other states to follow their lead. Meanwhile, discrimination and infringements on civil rights have also been occurring in Europe. Perhaps the most significant of these instances was a piece of legislation approved by the French Senate on March 30th. The separatism bill is said to promote Republican principles by granting the state further power to fight radical Islam. Specifically, the bill focuses on the radical interpretations viewed towards women. The government is enabled to oversee religious practices, ban virginity certificates, prevent pools from having gender-segregated swimming times, and regulate the usage of hijabs. Controversy surrounding the country's handling of religion has existed for several decades. The issue began in 1989 when three Muslim girls refused to take off their headscarves in Creole, France, a town north of Paris. In France, the judicial system is not based on precedent. Instead, the French system is more bureaucratic since it falls under civil law. The legal advisor to the executive and an administrative court, the Conseil d'État, is charged with hearing and deciding cases. After the 1989 controversy, this body ruled that hijabs were compatible with the separation of church and state. After the fall of the Berlin Wall, France witnessed an increase in nativist sentiments. These sentiments contributed to a fear of immigrants moving to France from Islamic nations such as Turkey and North African countries. With the support of Charles Basque, the interior minister, France passed the Basque Law in 1993, which attempted to prevent immigration from predominantly Muslim countries. In 1994, François Barreau, the minister of education, banned religious symbols in schools. Following these actions, numerous protests ensued and terrorist attacks became more prevalent. Muslim girls continued to wear their hijabs at school in opposition to the bill. In the late 90s, major terrorist attacks by Algerian extremists in Paris and Lyon led to the deaths of eight people. In 2003, President Jacques Chirac continued to push bans on hijabs. That same year, the French Council on the Muslim Faith was established. Mylena, tell us more about French politics. Similar to the United States, France is a constitutional republic. Under this system, the executive power is vested in the president and legislative authority is granted to a bicameral parliament composed of the National Assembly and the Senate. France has a multi-party system which is diverse, ranging from far-left communist parties to the far-right national rally. However, there have only been a few major parties which have remained significant throughout the past few decades. Both main parties are known for anti-Islamic rhetoric. Chirac was a member of the Rally for the Republic, which is the predecessor of Les Républicains. Terrorist attacks and nativist sentiments continued under the Rally for the Republic's rule of the nation in the early 2000s. These attacks affected all of Europe, with targets ranging from Madrid to London. The Rally for the Republic officially evolved into Les Républicains with the candidacy of Nicolas Sarkozy, a politician of Hungarian and Greek descent. Although he campaigned on a law and order platform in the 2007 presidential election, Sarkozy promoted affirmative action as president. Under his rule, France became the first European nation to officially ban the niqab in public places. The administration also passed a controversial ban on burkinis, a religious-compliant bathing suit for Muslim women which contains a head covering and covers the wearer's arms and legs. 
France witnessed a major turn in its politics in 2017 when the major parties became less influential. The winners of the cycle were La République en Marche, a liberal centrist party led by Emmanuel Macron. The 2017 election was held under a state of emergency, which was declared after the 2015 Paris terrorist attacks. The attacks led to support for the far-right party, but the global community was pleased by the results. There was a sense of hope that the new liberal administration would pursue more inclusive policies. This hope was later proved to be false. The Macron government faced major challenges such as more terrorist attacks, a crumbling economy marked by rising fuel prices, and the coronavirus pandemic. Shocking liberal movements. The French government proposed the recent separatism bill under the guise that it promotes liberal values such as defending women's dignity. The bill is being criticized because it targets the Muslim community and imposes restrictions on almost every aspect of their lives. It allows for intervening in mosques and the associations responsible for their administration, as well as controlling the finances of associations and non-governmental organizations belonging to Muslims. It also restricts the education choices of the Muslim community by preventing families from giving children home education. The bill also prohibits patients from choosing doctors based on gender for religious or other reasons and makes secularism education compulsory for all public officials. Due to these proposals, the National Assembly has already voiced their opposition to it. Even if the legislation would pass, it is unlikely to be upheld by France's Constitutional Council, the court which has granted the right to judicial review. Critics of the bill claim that it infringes on religious belief and oppresses women, while supporters of it say it would strengthen the republic and its dedication to secularism. The bill is seen as a way to appease far-right voters in the run-up to next year's election. Both bills from Arkansas and France demonstrate the current state of politics around the world. These stories are significant since they demonstrate how far-right minorities have been able to flex power in the legislative process. Due to the influence of far-right voters in elections, leaders are hoping to appease them with these types of bills in order to win them over. Will this strategy succeed and impact global politics for the years to come? Time will tell, but that's all for today's episode. We would like to thank our executive producer, Celeste Rosendale. And our researcher, Ashuto Sai. I'm Elena Furman. And I'm Andrew Thompson. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to tune in next Tuesday at 9.